I don't know if that sounded all right, but we're trying either way, trying to be fancy with the show. Hey, it's me, Matt. I like to talk on the show. And yeah, we're here today in the studio. We being everybody and Caitlin today as well. Special guest. Yeah, Caitlin is the special guest today. We Uh, are in studio, but not live. We, yeah, we're not live. Classic joke. Classic. Well, okay, I didn't, they didn't need to know, but yeah, okay, we're not live. It's podcast, podcasts aren't really live. Anyways, classic joke, and speaking of classics... What movie are we <laughs> talking about today? We're jumping right in. Luke, are you going to say something? Or? Yeah, I'm going to say that we're trying something out new because we have three people in the studio. We're going to try using a microphone. We've Jimmy rigged it with this huge foam piece over it. And if it rustles around, it's not on anyone but the foam. So Except if you have. Except it's on Matt, too. So if you have any complaints email us no don't send that shit to me i you know what if you have technical complaints just bear with it like as if you never watch tv and the picture goes out or something do you call abc about that <laughs> no don't e- don't flood my email i have enough things i don't do you think i don't have enough things to take care of right now that you're gonna put that on me <sighs> that i have to worry about this just add it to the list i do this as a favor for you yeah. on the sunday yeah I on the away, Lord's Day. I give away my Sunday evening, and you're going to tell people to email me now. Just well, don't. They can no, email, just don't. They can no, e- just don't. Well, they could Just e- don't. Okay? Well, they could email me, too. Don't, don't, e- don't include me in that. Well, we're a team. There's no... Team plus we're, one. There's, we're two there's people no doing you, a show. There's no you and we're team. We're two people doing... And there's a... There's you and I, and without the you, there's no team, there, and there isn't an... Without you and I, there's no team. There's two and, people and doing a show. Team. There's what? two people doing a show, and that's it. There's and that's no a, team. Okay, that's okay, a team. okay, 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 okay. Enough with the bickering. Let's move on. What to are we what? doing today? What are we doing? Are we bickering today? No. What movie are we talking about today? Let's go. Oh, we're talking today about The Princess Bride. Okay, now this is a little cute little movie because I thought it's going to be Valentine's Day soon. You need a cute movie. We're not going to be doing... Something about true love. To love. To love. And we're not going to be picking a movie like, I don't know, some piece of shit like Atomic Cafe. We're going to be picking a romance movie. Yeah, classic. Fantasy, romance, drama, wrapped up all in one nice little bundle of awesomeness. It's got it all. It has everything. Yeah, uh, well, it has something. It has uh, fencing, fighting, poison, true love, fire swamps, everything. Everything you could ask for in a movie, honestly. Yeah, they just, uh, only thing it's missing is a script doctor, am I right? You know what I'm saying? I feel that uh, one. Here, give me. No. No. I won't let you run this one for me. So, I don't know who's who wants to take the floor with a little synopsis of this movie. I'll go ahead. Spoiler so, free. Spoiler free. Yeah. So, this movie surrounds a lady named Buttercup who is a farm girl. She is in love with the farm boy who she treats poorly. And once they confess their love to each other, he decides to go and get riches, gets murdered, and then she gets picked up. By none other than Prince Humperdinck, who basically just says, eh, any woman I want I can get, and chooses Buttercup because she's the most beautiful lady in the land. And once she gets captured by some people that she sees on a horse ride, all hell breaks loose while people are trying to find her. That's pretty much it, I guess you could say. 
for spoiler free. Yeah, a classic story. You know what? When when they say this movie has everything, they mean everything. It even has pre-Manoch, the, the medieval rule where a feudal lord or king could take any bride he pleased. <laughs> um, and that's really one of the things that makes this movie really special to me is that I think it's it's kind of daring in that sense. But I don't know how you guys felt about that. Anyway. Uh <laughs> This wasn't my first time seeing this movie. I've seen it quite a few times. Um, I And I think I kind of watched in the perfect setting because the first time I remember watching this movie, it was on like a sick day. I had to go home. Mm. So I I kind of... I, I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie because the the movie is primarily told through this grandfather who visits his grandson because his grandson is sick or faking it who knows and he has to stay home so his grand grandpa comes over and the grandson is fed up with the grandpa because he pinches his cheeks and he's annoying old boomer and he decides i'm going to read him this book so the movie is about a book told through the grandpa and the and the grandson this man reads a 400 page novel to his son out loud here's the thing though if you read the book you would know that he didn't actually read the 400 pages he only read end quote the good parts mm. so at the end of the movie if you're looking at this book and being wow like that was a thick book he couldn't have gotten through it it's because he did it you i mean it's not really told that in the movie but if you actually read the book which is about someone reading a book to someone else and writing the book and whatever you know that the good parts are the only thing that it's keeping in because the book is supposed to be like a true story but then right. he just takes out all the political parts that are boring to a child now uh, speaking of nostalgia, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the voice of reason here because I don't have nostalgia for this right. film. I know the memes, mm-hmm. and uh, I know people like the movie, mm-hmm. and that's it. So I haven't seen the movie before. Also, I don't give a damn about love. Okay. So that's gonna hot ha- take. Hot take. Yeah, I hate love, <laughs> and I and I hate Valentine's Day. Okay. Fair and enough. I hate you guys make for making me do the show. Right. But we'll talk about the movie anyway. I thought we weren't allowed to have any uh, general hatefulness on the uh, air. So Well, then we have to scrap the whole show, okay? <laughs> so so you're so what did you think of it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I I r- thought I was going to like it a lot more because it's been a while since I watched it and I watched it like as a kid and I loved it. When was the last time and you I, watched it? I forget, but I was thinking that I was going to give this movie 10 bags unfortunately not the case today we'll get into that later but i still did like it caitlin what did you think this is my favorite movie of all time Mm. i have such nostalgia for it i would watch it all the time and it was one of those movies that i would go to whenever i was down i could always go into this medieval place with true love and everything's okay here and everything turns out all right so that's your little seven minutes and 23 seconds of spoiler free goodness so now we're just going to get into general discussion and, you know, yada, yada, yada. If you guys want to know what kind of movie reviewer Lucas is, uh, he gave this, he preemptively gave this 10 bags because he liked it when he was a kid. So that's what we're on. No, no. I said I thought I was going well, to. Well, that's what we're operating on right now. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Anyways, I think this movie is shot very nice. There's a lot of scenes in the movie that just are just really nice to look at. Uh, I think the sets in this movie look really campy 
and they look very cheap. And I, but I think which sets do you mean though? So, for example, when they get to the cliff of cliffs of insanity, insanity, and they get to the top, it the rocks are very are very clearly just you know plastic styrofoam, and it's on a set because of how smooth it is. And it, I can just tell it looks like a play. This movie, that's what I thought of when I was watching it. Like, everything looks like it could be in a production. And it kind of also that's plays... That's kind of charming, though, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of plays like that, too. And I don't think that's a, a bad thing. I really like all of the costumes in the movie. They're very fitting. Mm-hmm. I love any time, like, Humperdinck is on screen because he almost is always wearing a new costume every time. Mm-hmm. Humperdinck th- being the, the rich prince of the movie. yeah. And just every, I, I don't know, all the all the costumes are on point. All of Buttercup's dresses are very nice. Yeah, her classic red dress that everybody knows her by. Yeah. It's a big staple of the movie, I think. Yeah, I think, it, I think it looks really nice. I think there's a lot of iconic characters, obviously, because everyone knows Inconceivable. Everyone know, knows My Name is Inigo Montoya. You can't say it with such, like, nothing name. <laughs> the classic blunders. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think that means. That's classic. That's a big meme now. Let's talk about the memes in this movie. Pretty good. <laughs> Quite a few. No, but the movie is good. And I do, the thing, I, I, I appreciate the sort of aesthetic it has, which is it's very much an homage to the fairy tale mythology in general and medieval chivalry and all that you can trace that to all that sort of stuff in arthurian legend and and um the it's funny you're right it's funny because the i actually i love the sets in this movie because it's like almost to the point where like this is so obviously a set yeah and the thing with the movie is that it's very wink wink nod nod Mm -hmm. it's a very clever film and it's very self-aware but like, it's almost it's not quite subverting the genre, but it's sort of playing around and being, I guess, uh, a more less serious take on sort of fairy tale and uh, chivalry type stories and stuff like that. And there's a lot of charm in that. In, and it's very easy for a movie that it aims to please with charm for it to fail spectacularly. So it's yeah. it's it's i think it's a great accomplishment i think that's a big reason why the movie has endured for so long for so p- many people yeah like i know when they're running around in the castle set it's clearly just a uh, building that they went to and put like swords on the walls and a couple pieces of armor around mm-hmm. or maybe in medieval times maybe they went back in time is that what you're no, saying? No, no. <laughs> Have you not heard of Medieval Times? It's like this restaurant that you can go to. I think there's one in Toronto. And you sit there and people ride on horses and they're in medieval costumes and you eat like mutton like with oh. your hands. There's, no there's one, thing, it's one thing to be said about this movie. It'll remind you of dinner theater. And that's, yeah. a, good, and that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. And maybe it was intentional. You, I feel like you could argue pretty much anything with this book because you can always go back to, well, it's the reading of a book, so it's not supposed to be like a movie movie. It could like be playing off of that a bit who knows probably not but i'm coping a little too hard right now no i mean it's fine like i think the movie knows what it is it's like i think the part that the fact that it's self-aware and the fact that it's very conscious of its i guess guess like uh its deficiencies i suppose uh is one of the reasons why i like the movie so much like 
for example, I think the framing story of the film, which isn't the present in the novel, but if you don't know about the novel, then it's just the framing story of a father or a grandfather talking to his son, uh, grandson. Yeah, that works in a couple ways because it works thematically because, like I said, it's supposed to be like this sort of fairy tale story and there's no classic way to hear fairy tale than like your grandfather or a parent mm-hmm. reading it to you in bed. Mm-hmm. I'm actually curious as to w- do you guys think that the framing story for this movie helps or hinders it or if it's just sort of something that's there? I've seen it so many times now and watching it again now, whenever the grandpa would or the kid would interrupt the story, it kind of pissed me off now. Yeah. Because it, it, they do it at good parts. Like, they do it... So All the kiss scenes. All the kiss scenes. Buttercup is in the... And the reunion scene. Yeah. And the Buttercup's in the, the lake or whatever with the shrieking eels, and the eel comes up. And they do a good job for the practical effects on the eel, surprisingly. It looks doesn't look too bad at all. It comes up to her, just about to bite her, and then the kid interrupts it, and it's just like, all right, thank you. Thanks. And well, the thing with the kid is that they're in their whole storyline. They're the joke mostly is just the kid is being a kid, and right? And he doesn't want to. He's pretending not to like the story because mm-hmm. it's a romance story, but obviously he he loves the story and he wants his grandpa to keep reading it. Mm-hmm. And I guess if maybe that would resonate better if you are a kid and you're like self-inserting into young Fred Savage. Yeah, and that's why I didn't mind it, or I don't remember mine. I, I remember not minding it as a kid. When I was a kid, I hated it, per se. I was just like, oh, my God, do you really have to ruin all these romantic things that I really want to see as, you know, a young girl, you know, being in love with love? <laughs> but now, like, after reading the book, I feel like it would have been wrong for them not to have had him interrupt. Like, in the book, if you ever read it, um, the author just interrupts himself constantly and constantly, and it's so like annoying and i feel like that's one of the staples of the book it's it's not you're reading this story it's you're being read to and someone's explaining something to you so it's almost like a dialogue i feel so i feel like you're kind of there with the kid getting the story read to him rather than just watching a movie or reading a book by yourself and i think that's what makes this movie special hmm no, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I I like the idea because, like I said, it fits thematically. But I feel like maybe if there was, like, if it was the intro as well as the conclusion and then maybe, like, a couple sprinkled in at a yeah. key moment with very good comedic timing, it could have worked. But I think, well, there's also the fact that we've kind of seen this, like, parodied, of course, in many things. Right. In, very, in various media. And that's something we should talk about is that I think that this movie to a certain degree is fairly influential on a lot of other media yeah. because there's a lot of things that I see in this that I see in other media that came after that I suppose would have originated from this era of filmmaking or from specifically this film. Could be, yeah. So I don't mind this. I don't mind the storybook thing. I think it's fine. Uh, Fred Savage is kind of an annoying kid. He's not. I don't think he's the best kid actor there is. And one thing that I have to mention about the kid that I love in all movies, and I said this while watching, is kids' rooms in old movies Classic. and even new movies today. They're always decked out with comic books, posters, sport game memorabilia. This kid has a cutout of Santa on his door for some reason. No, 
it's like uh, a little craft thing that he made probably. I don't think it's a cutout. Maybe. And he's playing an NES or something. He's living the dream. They always got a lot of stuff. Yeah. They have like a first edition Batman with boogers <laughs> on it in their room. They got like a hat happy and peanut butter sandwich under in their underwear and it's like <laughs> stuff like that they got like they, they got like lollipops in their earlobes and like shit like that i don't know they're a big mess but it's it, it's a nice looking mess and i always wanted stuff like that when i was a kid too yeah to same be so but uh also with the eel which i thought looked really nice like the practical effects on it uh the rodents of unusual size <laughs> Watching this now, it's just clearly a guy in, in the a, suit. In it's suit. so funny. <laughs> just walking around on all fours. And, ev- like, he bites the the rats. The R-O-U-S bites Wesley when they're in this, what are they called? Sw- Fire, Fire swamp. swamp. And afterwards, his shoulder is just all red. Like, they, they didn't have any bite marks in it or anything. It's just red. We like haven't even explained really what happened because most of it was, you know, filled with spoilers. But so Buttercup gets captured by three goons, I guess you could say. So there's Vicini, which is the evil mastermind Sicilian, where all your memes pretty much come from. There's Fezzik, who's a Spaniard, who has some beef with this guy that has six fingers. And there's uh, Andre the Giant there as well i forget his name because i'm stressed uh, andre the giant is fezwick and then oh yeah yeah inigo yeah inigo is the, the spaniard sorry about yeah. that um but they capture buttercup because they want to start a war between florin where prince humperdinck rules and gilder which is the enemy this is a klingon empire pretty much so they go through and they go to these cliffs cl- climb the cliffs and they notice that the man in black is behind them so he's basically following them, and then each, you know, person splits up along the way that the man in black has to fight. Eventually, he goes through all of them, and then him and Buttercup go into the fire swamp, and we find out that the man in black is actually Wesley, who was not murdered. Yeah, and here's w- here's one thing that really bothered me rewatching it now that I'm not a kid is that how in the hell would Wesley know? That they captured Buttercup. So Buttercup gets captured out on a ride. So presumably he was like trailing or following her at that junction, and then they he saw her get captured. So then he's like, I, "Let's go." But they were on a boat, and he's nowhere to be seen. Maybe he. I don't know. It makes Look. sense if you think about it. So he supposedly is a dread pirate, Roberts. Yep. What do pirates do? They go after ships and steal things off of them so yeah but he follows them up this huge cliff like he's risking death over presumably four strangers the thing with this movie is that there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense and i and i can excuse it because the the whole conceit of the film is that it's a fairy tale and like stuff that normally would happen would not happen like when princess buttercup does not recognize wesley her the love of her life by his voice or his eyes or anything that's I mean, not. If you the, haven't the, seen someone for five yeah, years and you think they're dead, you're probably not gonna. That I'm fine with because I haven't seen him for five years and now he has this little, you know, fifteen year old mustache on. That's like two. And, it's four hairs, and he has. I mean, it's worse than mine. And he has this little mask covering his eyes and his hair is invisible. I mean, it's uh, that's fine, but 
th- that's a big plot hole for me, and it really took me out of the movie. Which I, don't know. I think it's fine. Like the pirate thing, it's like he could be chasing after any ch- ship, and then just so happens that Buttercup's on it, and that was hella convenient. Yeah, but he was with himself, so it's not. I don't think that was like his pirate ship. He could have just been chilling. I, I don't know that that really maybe it's just a coincidence he saw them sail by and he's like all right and and at first i was also like well how did humperdinck follow them out of nowhere humperdinck but knew about yes, the plan yeah though. yeah so then that's fine but they didn't really explain why like seriously all it would have needed was one line of dialogue from wesley saying oh i blah 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 and that's yeah. how i found you but they didn't and that kind of just takes takes me out Plus t- it took me out. Um, he's supposed to be like this really, really great tracker. It's not really explored much in the film at all, but he's really good at hunting. So, and like extremely good, incredibly good. Like nobody could possibly do that. Um, and then the book, it goes into that more how he has like this zoo um, just of animals so he can hunt and each level further and further down is animals that are harder and harder to like hunt and kill and then the last four is you know the pit of despair but um it is mentioned a little bit and that's kind of what i always thought like even when i was younger it's like oh well he's such a good hunter he can obviously hunt the lady that he's supposedly in love with if he's so great at tracking you know eagles in the storm or whatever buttercup says and speaking of Prince Humperdinck, I think he might be my favorite character in this movie. Same. Because I think he's an outstanding, what is later revealed to be as a villain. But of all these sort of, and I think perhaps this is something that has been copied as well, is the the king or whatever, that the king or prince that is revealed to be warmongering or they don't love their yeah. girl or whatever. Uh, I th- I think Chris Sarandon does a hilarious job as Hunter Dig. He's fun. He's really fun to watch. And and when I was a kid, I he was a bad guy and I hated him because he's bad. Yeah. And I really like Wesley. And now, like Wesley's really cringeworthy he, to he, me. He does. He comes off at at the beginning like very pompous. Like I liked when he. I liked the beginning. Like I really. I liked the idea that he would she would dump all these tasks on him and he would simply say, as you wish. And I like the idea that he was just saying, I love you mm-hmm. through the, these three words. And I, I guess it was better when Wesley was a man a few words because later on, I mean, he's sort of meant to be like the clever, wisecracking protagonist, but sometimes he just says things that are kind of dumb yeah. and annoying, which is fine because, I don't know, that's, I mean, ev- every sort of wisecracking character will have those kind of moments, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I agree. Like, Prince Humperdinck, like, every line he said, like, even if it was, it was goofy or whatever, it was, it was very well executed, so it was enjoyable to see. I don't know. What do you think, Kaylin? I hate to say that I like him. Prince Humperdinck? Yeah. Because as a kid, I was always a big Wesley fan. I would watch any movie with Carrie Elwes, I guess his last name is pronounced, just because I was like, that is Wesley. Like, that is, you know, my first, you know, man that I ever loved was Wesley from Princess Bride. And, you know, my first love, never going to forget it. And now watching it, I'm like, well, he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of sexist. And he also is like a dick to Buttercup. But Humberdink is just like, 
chill. He's yeah. so chill. What is a weird section where when he's pretending to be Dread Pirate Roberts, he's just I'm so overtly sexist for no reason? Uh, yeah, he's overtly sexist, and he's pretending uh, to be someone else. He's role-playing as a, a pirate so that he can pry information out of Buttercup. This is not... Let me, this is not a good trait, okay? That's not a healthy relationship, that, bro. But the same this dude time, has ta- like, He has trust issues. I guess so, but at the same time, if, you know, you left someone and... Threatened to slap them. Just it's, give it's me, a, No, give me a second. Give me a second. If you left someone and you come back however many years later and realize, oh, my God, they're getting married to someone else, if you still love them, you're going to be pissed. And it's like if... It kind of made sense to me, like, if he went up to her and basically said, like, do you love this dude? And she was like, yeah. Then he might have just been like, okay, and, like, left her. I feel like it wasn't trying to be malicious. It was just like, if she's happy with this dude, I might as well let her go. But if she's not happy and she still loves me, then I'll say, like, hi, it's me. Because why bring up, hey, I actually didn't get murdered. I'm totally fine when she's already committed to someone else. That's just how I thought of it. I just think it's like a little bit incelish that he's like, <laughs> I was gone for five years and you found somebody else. <laughs> yeah. You dare give your virginity to another man? The execution wasn't great, but I think the thought was there. Plus, yeah. he had to be like an asshole to keep up his little persona. Because if he, like, if he realized that she didn't, you know, love him anymore, and she was actually madly in love with Humperdinck. He would have had to keep up his persona anyways, and just would have left, being Dread Pirate Roberts, the asshole. The thing is, the Wesley in the f- in the s- second and third act of the movie is is like to me. I can't even see him spending years of servitude under under Princess Buttercup, just saying as you wish. Like he would be like, yeah, be like, her do sass. yourself. Like yeah, like go like like knock over the buckets, like push her around a little bit, yeah, or something like that. He just is way, way, way too pompous at the end. Yeah, he he and his delivery, he's like just sassy with every he's very snide. Yeah, in his delivery. Yeah, you know what? But I think he does. I think he does a fine job as a character. I don't know if this is meant to be another subversion, as like the the main character is actually not terribly admirable in that sense because he's like he's not a bad guy at all he's a, he's a good man and he alludes to killing people yeah also he may have killed people for a couple of years when he was role playing as dread pirate roberts but we're gonna skip over that i think uh, buttercup and wesley are both kind of not the most likable people like buttercup at the beginning you know constantly asking fetch you. me the pale <laughs> servant farm boy not servant farm boy whatever but it's like she She's rude and she's dumb too. Like, she's dumb. She can't do anything for herself and whatever. And then Wesley's like also like, like you said, pompous. Is like they're both not really that likable. Like I feel like she's snooty as well. And she's like, well, if Wesley isn't gonna come back, I'm just gonna kill myself for the wedding. Hope you don't mind. I don't. I don't mind that because like if you're forced to be with a man that you don't want and. That's a t- that's tantamount to rape, so I w- I don't really blame her. I mean, am I wrong? No. So, but I guess so. But like, um, after her and Humberdink marry, uh, the king is you know talking to her and she kisses him on the cheek and he goes, "Well, what's that for?" And she's like, "Well, I'm going to the honeymoon suite and gonna kill myself right now." And he's like, "Oh, well, isn't that nice?" And just yeah, you know what? The that's king, so funny. The king is the second best character in the movie, even though he has three lines and five seconds of screen time. He's great. He's like, oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> she kissed me. She kissed me. Yeah, you, would you believe that? 
No, Humberdig is good, and I think uh, the cast overall is it's a good performance from everybody. Uh, Andre the Giant is good as as Feswick. He's such a lovable. He's just, he's a classic yeah. lovable big guy with a heart of gold. Uh, Inigo or Inigo Montoya, depending on who you ask. Uh, does he say Inigo himself? He says Inigo. So I guess that's no, like. No, he says Inigo. No. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. No, he says Inigo. He does not. I've seen this movie countless times. The other characters for sure say Inigo, which sounds like Indigo. Uh, I know. I used to think it was Indigo, and I hella embarrassed myself multiple times. That's honestly not that embarrassing. And Luke's here just to prove me wrong like he does in everything. Okay, here we go. Let's see if I can find it here. No, the thing is, like, it's... it. All right, here it is. You got it? Rewind it, rewind it. My name is Inigo Montoya. Inigo. 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 I think he says Inigo. Yeah. Whoever's Spanish, let us know. <laughs> yes, all the Spaniards listening to the show right now, give us a shout, and we love to have you on as well. We love Spain. Uh, no, but the cast overall does good. Inigo, or M- Mr. Montoya, <laughs> um, does a great job. I His story is, I actually, um, and I think a lot of people will say that they're really invested in his story of, yeah. of revenge and redemption for his drunkenness later mm-hmm. and being beat up as an 11-year-old kid. So that's all great, and I love the conclusion to his story, and I love the line where he says, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life now, which is kind of funny. Uh, Wallace Shawn as Vizini is good, and his delivery, <laughs> I was saying this to Luke, is that his delivery of every line is hilarious. Like, I said it was like a meme. Like, it's so hilarious yeah. the way he gives every- Move it! I can't He's even like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Like it's it's funny. It's it's I think that's and he's like one of the big characters that people remember from the movie too. Yeah. There's actually quite a good a few good characters. There isn't a ton of characters in the film, but like Billy Crystal's Miracle Max is hilarious. He plays this like Jewish guy. Yeah. He just plays a Jewish guy who was like, Hey, you know, like get get out of my lawn. I got I got things to do, you know, I got uh, bagels to eat, you know what I'm saying? And and that's funny is like they don't even there's no guys like he's not a fairy tale character at all he's just like a New Yorker they grabbed out of Times Square and they put him in this fantasy setting it's funny. The Alba- Mel Smith as the albino even is funny even though he's, he's just a, yeah he's really funny like it, the, he's can, like are you so, so you're just gonna torture me and he's like yep when a clef, uh, one of, this is something that has definitely been repeated through a lot of media and this was one of Caitlin's favorite moments as she said is when he when he starts yeah. when he yeah. starts talking with the uh, voice and then he does yeah. that <laughs> no it's not even just it's <laughs> and then he's, he starts talking normally and I remember when I was young my sister and I just watching that for the first time we were like and then he goes, and then he just talks normally like this. And we would laugh so hard. And we kept having to rewind it. That was one of two moments where I just freaked out and laughed. And um, the albino, just so you listeners know. Um, so Wesley, as mentioned before, got bit a little by one of the R.O.U.S.'s uh, in the fire swamp. So he gets taken by Prince Humperdinck because they get, you know, captured. And put in the pit of despair where this albino... Uh, tends to his wounds until um, the six-fingered man decides to use this new machine, which I guess we'll get into later. Um, But yeah, the albino is one of my favorite moments. Another one of my favorite moments, I don't think you guys found it that funny, but I definitely did, was when Humperdinck 
and Buttercup were getting married. You know, there's, you know, zooming in, here's the room, beautiful, you know, wedding venue, um, nice, you know, church music. And then all of a sudden the priest goes, Melody, this is what brings us together today. This is so funny to me. I don't know why. I've seen the movie so many times now, and my mom and I and my sister and I would always reference that, that at this point it's like it's not going to make me laugh. Anymore. It never gets old for me. Anytime, like I was smiling, like once the scene started, I was prepared. And like a small problem for me in this film is that like there's a lot of great executed gags, but I've just seen them so many times yeah. before. Like that cough gag where they talk normally. Like the first time I saw that in whatever dumb cartoon I saw, I probably laughed my ass off because that's very funny and clever. Mm-hmm. And it, even in this one, it was very funny and it was very well done. But like I've seen that so many times before. In, presumably in imitation of the movie mm-hmm. that like I was almost robbed of of sort of like enjoying some of the novelty of it but that's just you know the way it works when you watch a movie that came out like 40 years ago right so when did it come out came out in 1980 something three. Oh really no seven 87 oh, wow. so we're gone uh, 33 years huh we watched uh, the special edition DVD of this and I have to say this to anyone listening. Please watch with subtitles. Clean your fucking film, okay? There's grains of rice all over this, okay? Stop eating your cheeseburgers over the film. It wasn't that bad, and I I think it gives it a little flair. No. It gives it a nice... That's like when like people nowadays... It just gives nowadays... me a nice feeling. Like I don't want some big crystal clear production. Like It just makes it feel too... like inauthentic yeah you know and the like f- produced the film grain is akin to the vinyl no, crackle. just i was uh, gonna say it's like r&b mm. artists now putting like vinyl it really gives it a homey cra- it gives it a warm it's feel comforting. it's homey you know and it uh it's really provocative and daring really it's that yeah art. it's like when you <laughs> would take a picture of someone their eyes would be red oh yeah like, you know what that. it gives it like it's real authenticity yeah, that it's like when desire. you take pictures with like disposable cameras now like it doesn't look the greatest but it also gives itself a little bit more of like a homey comforting feel. don't even lie bro when you look at overexposed photos sometimes you're like yeah it looks kind of good you know when there's like too much light and you're like yeah you know that's kind of like a cool retro aesthetic kind of cool no. shaking his head no no I'll clean your damn film anyways that's not a big part of the movie uh there was one thing i was gonna say but i i'll steal it from you yeah, I, go I got something to say i will defend this movie on everything until the day i die except for one thing that pissed me off even as i was a kid when wesley's in the pit of despair and the albino is tending to him you can clearly see on his shoulder where he was supposedly bit by the RUS that it's just makeup. And you can yeah. tell that the albino is trying not to take the makeup off, but also trying to do a convincing you know, job of dabbing his wound. But you can see like just the overhead shots of Wesley's face. Even as a kid, I'd stare at that shot and be like, his skin is perfectly fine. It's yeah. really just makeup that they're yeah. wiping off accidentally. And it was so bad. And even later, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I noticed it for the first time when... Uh, Fezzik and Inigo go down to the pit of despair and mm-hmm. find him. The bite mark is in a different spot. When he gets yeah. bit, it's uh, kind of near his collarbone mm-hmm. on the front. And then when you see him later, he has a bruise type thing 
just on the side of his arm, like where you would get like a, a flu shot. I think that's supposed to be from the suction cups. The suction cups were on his Cause, chest. Because he, he still, oh, that's true. Because he had them on his temples still. He had little bruises on his temples. It was different though. And for those of you listening, there's that's the machine. So it's a basically suction cups. So there's one or there's two on his temples. There was two kind of on his pecs, two kind of on his abs. And that's the ones that I noticed. I don't think there's anything else, but... They look like bras. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought as a kid, too. It's just like, ooh, he has boobs. He has <laughs> boobies. <laughs> but basically, instead of sucking water, they just suck the life out of you. So the six-fingered man is always into torture and stuff like that. So you know, he takes one life away from Wesley, and he's like, oh, how do you feel? And Wesley just sits there and goes... <laughs> you know and what? And I have to applaud Six Finger Man for conjuring dark magic to s- literally suck the life force out of the man with <laughs> suction cups that I he got at Target. I'm gonna have to <laughs> really have to <laughs> brain blast how the suction suction cup machine works. Don't, don't, don't bra- even worry you're gonna about brain it. Blast so it, it, don't so, even worry so about it. It has different settings of how many years you can take off. So there's like a one year setting. But if I keep that running for three hours, it is turns that off automatically. Here's how it works. You use it and it's like one duration. Like it'll work for thirty seconds and then that's it. Okay. It'll so shut off. Like yeah, the water will stop coming. Like a specific yeah. amount of water comes and then it turns off. So they sucked a year out and then after they sucked 50. And I guess well, Humperdinck got pissed because Buttercup was like, oh my God, Wesley's still going to come for me. Ha ha, true love, true love, true love. And he's like, I wouldn't say that if I were you. Boom, runs and is like 50 years and, for this boy. And kills it's, him. the cut is so funny because he's like, he runs out of his castle room and then he's straight into straight, like he into ran <laughs> like he ran all the way out of the kingdom into the forest down the stairs yeah they do it in one cut like he runs out of his room in the castle and then he's he runs into the pit of despair are so you like, guys wanting he, him to see like you guys want to waste time watching him no run but it's just a funny the- cut like you remember in like hereditary when the I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the movie. The, um, movie the, the kid ago. dies, and then you see the mom crying, and then it cuts to her still crying at the funeral. Yeah. It's just kind of like funny, but it's not supposed to be. Yeah, no, I get. Because like I just picture him running full speed all the way from the bit of despair Prince from his room. Is a man fueled solely by his hate for, for women, a man named Wesley, and for women, and for the kingdom of Gilder. Like, why is he even so pissed about that? Like, he doesn't really care about Buttercup at all. He he only wants her so that he can kill her on their wedding night, yeah. which is also the 500th anniversary of the kingdom. So why does he really give a shit? Like, yo, like, just keep him in the pit of despair for another day, fake get married, and then kill her. Like, it doesn't matter if she still likes him or not, and she's being petty about it. Just go look, along with it. Look, he was going to dispose of her, but the thing is, like, he was hoping to get, like, a couple of crumbs of coochie in there. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, I, I won't, but, like, if... That'd be nice. So he was he was still simping kind of, hard. I mean, maybe he, he was, was, he was simping we- hard. Maybe he was in with Wesley. You know, the quote that he says: uh, "There's a lack of perfectly shaped breasts, and it would be a shame to damage yours or something <laughs> that, like that." That's so weird. That's a, that's like a line where it's like supposed to come off charming, but it's like just kind of like it's ew. just gross. Like, yeah. Really? yeah. And she turns. She's like, Are you gonna talk "Oh about my her god!" Boobs right now, like. Well, because she's about to stab herself in the heart, basically. Could have talked about her heart instead yeah. of something nice thing about her heart. I mean, that would have been cheesy, but like shit, like 
He's basically just like, haha, you got really nice boobies. Don't, I mean, yeah, don't it's stay. really out if of place. A, if you're with a bunch of, you know, pirates and sailors for five years, you're going to be crude. What, what are you like saying about sailors? Uh, you know what? What are you saying about pirates? I don't know any pirates. Like, they kill people, but they have standards. Yeah, but have you seen Pirates of the Caribbean? They're not that nice. Don't talk about that movie. You know what? I think that's a cool movie. Pirates I'll, of the Caribbean? I'll give Black Pearl that. Uh, no. It's no, is that the second one? No, that's the first one. Yeah, well, we'll do we'll do Black Pearl next episode. Don't worry. Oh, who? Okay, no. let's not let's not be too hasty. Um, here. what was I? Gonna, we were talking about Humperdinck and the cut. Oh yeah, and and one thing is that he sucked fifty years out of Wesley's life. He's probably like Wesley's what twenty or thirty in this movie. He's got like not that. He's, he's got maybe and in feudal times. He would have been like, dead already. Yeah, he's got like three years to go. Well, they give him a magic chocolate-covered pill. Well, I think that's just to make him awake again. And I want to say one thing. No, this, it's a life pill. Th- the The fire swamp is kind of the only fantasy part of this movie. No, the screeching eels was kind of fantasy Yeah, the, the, well. the screeching eels and the magic pill. But other than that, it's pretty much just a straight-up medieval story. Well, because I I think it's like supposed to be part fantasy, part like knights and, no, and I, kingdom chivalry yeah. sort of deal. So, yeah, no, I... I yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. Like, it's not heavy. And there's no dragons or uh, orcs or gremlins or, like, sorcerers or anything like that, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's light on the fantasy, I suppose. And I feel like, I mean, they could have leaned heavily into the fantasy. I don't know. If it I think that would have ruined it. I kind of like how you can kind of be like, this could be real. But then you're like, okay, miracle pills that make you, you know, not dead. Like, no, that's not real. But, like, two fighting countries and, you know plots to start wars yeah that seems pretty real but also screeching eels no like i think it's it's a nice touch and i think if anything more were to be added it would just kind of be overkill and it would kind of ruin it to me it's like the level of fantasy is sort of like about the same i think or maybe less really as like arthurian legends like king arthur and stuff like they had merlin and he did magic but a lot of it was just knights talking that's about fair chivalry and yeah like and wives and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's like that i don't really mind I, i'm assuming that this is the level of fantasy that they had in the book and they were faithfully adapting that as apparently rob reiner loved the book because his dad gave it to him mm-hmm. and he really wanted to make an adaptation about this so and one thing that I also wanted to say is that the score in this movie is very pretty. I like the oh, sc- I think the score yeah. goes very well with the the movie. It's just kind of like Extremely plucky, well. uh, kind of jaunty. Yeah, like sort of jo- It's very jovial. It's very like you know. It's like very medieval. It fits yeah. really well, and I think every scene, whatever's playing, like it, it just fits to it. Especially with the sword fight between Inigo and you know, Wesley at the yeah. beginning when, you know, they there's a big chase. It's just every single, like, hit of the sword is like, duh, duh. and then it's, it's like a hit every time they hit, and then when they're kind of sparring and, like, just moving, it's, you know, a little, like, ticka, 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 Get some bongos in there. And it's just perfect. Like, it builds up, you know, like, oh, they're fighting now, and okay, now what's the next move? And here we go, here we go, and it's just, a lot of things are done very perfectly, I think, with that as well. No, yeah, and yeah, the score is excellent. I agree. And apparently the storybook Love, which is a song from the film, got nominated for 
best original song at the Oscars. Was that the end credit song? I believe so. With the words, it was trash, but without the words, it was beautiful. I don't think you can do best original song if it doesn't have lyrics. I don't know if that's actually criteria, but they always have lyrics hmm. for best original song. Speaking of which, you know what? While we're recording this, the Oscars are happening. And Who you cares? Know Who cares? Here's my Who predictions. Cares? No, no, no. We're scrapping this. No. 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 Who cares? No. Now, Princess Bride is not nominated in the Oscars <laughs> this year, so it is. Uh, they need to give the. They need to do that. Do like a cult movie. No, they need to just put the Princess Bride in with Joker and Parasite. That's what you. That's what the National Film Registry is for. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this movie's pretty good. I guess just throw it in there, and that's all you get. Like the first year when they opened, and they asked George Lucas if they could put star wars 1977 in it and he's like yeah, you can have the 1999 Cut. version of it and they're like nope and he's like mm, no and they're like awesome they put they were gonna put star wars 1977 beside citizen kane in the first year that they opened he's like mm, you can have the 1999 version yeah george lucas is tripping man that's all i gotta say about that yeah that's all i gotta say that guy he's crazy he is Anyways, um, back to the movie. Please. Back to the movie. Okay, well, it's not called proportionality or beyond the panel without some nice tangents. Yeah, that's true. Halfway through the show, but don't bring up your other show on this, please. Okay. Okay. Keep it to this show. Okay. Don't want to be sponsoring anybody. Okay. Right. Since you gave a shout out to be on the panel here, you gotta. No, give I no, no more. No, no, wait! You gotta give us a shout out on Tuesday. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know if it'll. No, you gotta. You give a little, you you get a little. So the flow of the show is not really like. Well, you kind of there was no connection to beyond the panel here. I just like you know. It was you just know, let's. Well, this, there was no connection. Yeah, I know, but I was. It just came to mind, and you know, this show is about talking about how we feel and how we think and and what we believe, and you know, I believe in beyond the panel Tuesdays on five at five thirty. Just shut up. About the show, man. Let's do a, a lightning round. Matt, do you have anything you want to say about this movie? Likes and dislikes. I said a lot I liked about it. Uh, I liked because I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Uh, things I don't like. There are some There are some jokes that don't land, particularly with Wesley. Um, I think I get, I get the idea why they have the romance not be like particularly developed it's just like they love each other and because they love each other mm -hmm. but that to me is not as satisfying as having them actually have a meaningful romantic relationship in that sense even though that's not the fairy tale way i suppose is to have you know dynamic emotional relationships that's a small thing i guess or it's relatively big because the big thing about this the the seemingly big overarching theme is true love in the story to uh, love to blood or to love as uh who says that miracle max yeah miracle max mm -hmm. miracle max true love is not a noble cause but getting back at prince humperdinck definitely is yeah you know what prince humperdinck are we gonna talk about his name let's just leave it humperdinck up. walked so farquad could run honestly yes, yes. holy sh yes you're right oh my god <laughs> He's yeah, you're straight up right. I th I'm now thinking Farquaad is like a almost direct homage to him. And no, it's a direct homage to the CEO of Disney. Yeah, so to not Bob Iger. I always forget who it was. It was some other guy. 
and yeah, his name is supposed to sound like Fuckwad. Yeah, but that that always reminds me of Farquad, or he uh, Humperdinck always does. See, Farquads for me was like Humperdinck for most people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but uh, is Shrek a cult movie? No. Yep, it is. Oh, looks like I'm the tiebreaker. So we'll see you next episode with the uh, Shrek review. But right. anyway, I enjoyed the film quite a bit. Uh, do you want to get straight to the rating, or do you have some things? Or I just have one last thing to say. Sure. I feel like this movie gets better each time you watch it. Personally, for me, every single time I've seen it, there's something new that I've noticed that I can appreciate. And it's small details or big things that I miss because I wasn't paying attention. Also, if you're really interested in it, if you, you know, go on the Wikipedia page and read more stuff, it gets more interesting. If you read the book, again, that makes it a lot more interesting. And it's not just, you know, you watch it and you've gotten the whole picture. I feel like you have to watch it again and again. And, like, the deeper you go into it, the more you get invested, the more interesting it becomes. It's interesting seeing that because seemingly Luke disagrees. Luke doesn't know anything about good movies. I'm just going to say it. Amen. Luke does not know anything about good movies. I don't. What do you have to say about this movie? What's to say your piece? Mm, yeah, pretty much kind of just the opposite of what Caitlin said. I mean, watching it again, I was just noticing things that really took me out of the movie. And when I think of things that actually affect like my score or my overall feeling of the movie, it's do they actually take me out or is it just like, hmm, that's weird. Anyways, and there were a few things in this movie that took me out and I'm like, ah, that is kind of odd, especially the whole thing with Wesley pretending to be a pirate and then revealing that he's a pirate. And I said, it's kind of like when Khan reveals himself in Into Into Darkness Darkness. where the audience knows uh, like that you're Khan, but when you're saying I am Khan to to these people you don't know, they're like, cool, what does that mean? I mean, I guess it's not the same because, like, she knows who he is, but, like, it's just not good. R- I don't know. It's just not written very well. Yeah. I said, no, I can agree with that. I th- I also thought I was kind of waiting for that part to be over. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping because I hadn't seen I haven't seen this movie before. I was really hoping that that would not take a large portion of the film where he was pretending to be Dread Pirate Roberts and she was going, I hate you. I miss Wesley. And I was going to ask you, with this being your first time watching it, when did you know it was Wesley? I knew it was Wesley as soon as I saw him on the cliff. Okay. Like, and that's not from from me knowing. It's just like, obviously this, I mean, obviously when they're like, Wesley died five years later, Wesley didn't die, Mm -hmm. right? You know, he didn't die, Mm -hmm. so. As soon as I saw him, like, climbing up the... As soon as he got off the boat and yeah. he, like, get to see him, I was like, oh, that's Wesley. So before, when he was on the boat, it w- uh, like, and he was just tailing them, you just thought it was... I did not who didn't know that was. I, I didn't think about it. Really. Okay. I was just... I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if this is the king or whatever. Yeah, I like all the sets. It feels like a play, and it's kind of written like one, too. Just the dialogue. It's very formal, how, how everyone talks. And I love all the characters. There isn't a character. I mean, I think Buttercup is a little underridden. Yeah. She, she doesn't have a whole lot to work with other than Wesley will come save me. And I love you, Wesley. And I'm going to kill myself. That's fair. And I and I said to Luke, well, although we should note this is apparently Robin Wright's first movie. Mm-hmm. 
because it's introducing Robin Wright in the credits. And you're right that her character is underwritten. Although, and I said the cast had overall good performance. I think she was maybe the one weak spot where, as a character, I found her a little bit flat. Mm-hmm. I didn't think sh- anything about her was particularly interesting in terms of personality or motivation. It's just, I love Wesley. Yeah. And that's about it. And she doesn't really have any agency at all in the story. She's kind of just passed around. But yeah, I think over. I think it's. I think she. I can. S- I like the idea that because she's the title character, that she's kind of the blank slate in that regard, and things happen around her. So I don't really mind it on that front. But I. I would say if that there was a weak spot in the acting, Robin Wright in this, which is interesting because I think sh- I've seen her in later stuff and she's phenomenal. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think all the characters are are really great and obviously made a big impact because I f- see them reference all the time, like that Mawidge thing that's a reference in The Office. Uh-huh. Michael Scott does that at... Um, is it Jim and Pam's wedding? Uh, I, uh, maybe it's Phyllis's wedding, I forget. But anyways, he, he, he does that there. Also, Pam says that if she could have one movie on an island, it would be The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, when that's they play w- when they play One Island or whatever. That's classic Pam because she's also kind of a white Wha- bread character. She's just a wallflower. She kind of sucks under the MCU. Uh, not the best character early on, no. But anyways. Um, the thinking man's office character is Angela. She's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I like her cats. That's galaxy brain stuff. <laughs> galaxy brain is Creed. Yeah. No, Galaxy or Brain is Or anything with Toby. Creed. Galaxy I Brain just is love seeing Michael shit on Toby. Galaxy Brain is not Creed because you know Creed's going to c- uh, come Do on the screen. Wacky He's going to say weird thing or murderous thing or <laughs> other criminality thing. And there's that's Creed. Uh, actually, I think my favorite is Michael shitting on Toby because Toby's just the ultimate wagey. Yeah, he's human resources, so everyone's kind of like against him, and he yeah. works in this in the corner of the <laughs> office without anybody else, with like with who is it, Mindy? Yeah, or not Mindy, uh, <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, and she's just like talking too much, and it's funny. No, Toby's great. Uh, yeah. Um, now, if I had to rate the office, I'd probably <laughs> give that show overall UK or American. I don't watch British shit. Uh, you always send Ricky Gervais gifs though. Yeah, but I'm just friend. Uh, if we're talking about Office, I'd probably give it, like... I can't give it four bags. enough about The Office. <laughs> what would you rate the actual movie that we're here for? What are we here for? Shrek. The best movie Shrek? of all okay. time. Shrek, it's... The best movie of all time. Empire Princess, Strikes Back? The Princess Bride. Princess Fiona. Now, no, that is a female... the Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. That rating, prin- rating. Please. Okay, if I have to rate The Princess bi- uh, Bride... And we're all doing five bags. No, today. we're all no. doing ten. You're all numbered. What? You're all numbered. We're all doing five bags. Today. Two v one, ten bags. You're not. Okay, just, just say your rating. Okay, I'm doing five bags. Uh, if I had to give this five bags, <laughs> and you don't, what do you, you give? You have this, to give honestly? it ten bags. This isn't easy. Four bags for me. So eight out of ten. No, four bags out of five. Okay, so Matt gives it an eight bags out of ten. Lucas. Yeah, I'm gonna give it eight bags out of ten as well. Reason being that I'm taking two off is just because the big plot hole with Wesley following them just doesn't really gel with me. Wesley's character isn't as endearing as he used to be. The sets sometimes, although I find them endearing, can be just a little much. Like the fake tree that they go <laughs> into the pit of despair. It's hilarious. It's like it looks like a high school play set. It's funny. Yeah. I, and I get what they're doing, but just for me, sometimes it can just be a little bit too much. 
Um, the score is great. Acting is great. All the characters are really nice. The soundtrack's great. And I think there are a lot of shots in this movie that are nice, especially the scene at the beginning when Wesley kisses Buttercup and the sun setting behind them. That's very nice. The scene where the camera kind of pans down on Inigo. On, on, Inigo. Inigo. Mr. Montoya. And he's asking God, or no, his father, to guide his sword to find uh, Wesley. Mm-hmm. I think that shot's really nice, too. But, yeah, I would give it 8 out of 10. This is a, a really great movie to watch with the family, with your loved one, or, or multiple loved ones or on Valentine's ones. Day. Or by yourself if you want to. Don't If you watch this movie by yourself, I feel bad for you. Take a shot every time uh, inconceivable is said. It's like four shots. Don't, You'll be hammered. No, don't more than four shots. You're actually gonna get fucked up. Don't do that. Do that. Do if that if you if you if you want to. If have, you if, if, if you're sing- you're gonna be alone on Valentine's Day, you're doing that anyways. <laughs> Shit, you might right. as well make a game out of it. You're right. Now, Caitlin, you're rating, and you are the big fan, so this is probably the most important <laughs> part of the show. My rating, with big surprise, is ten out of ten bags. Ten bags. The first ten bags. Or five bags on the show given by guest Kaylin Kanzila. Bold. Bold move. And I have to say. It just gets better each time I watch it. And even the things that are kind of bad or, you know, potholes, I can pretty much kind of make up scenarios in my head. Like I can add to the story by myself or I can read up on it and everything can add more to it. I just think it's amazing. The sounds and it's amazing. Actors, amazing. Other than, you know. Robin Wright, but that's okay. She's not that important. Everything's just... She's beautiful. not that important as the title character? No. I have to mention one thing quickly, and this is really funny watching this as an adult now. The swords are clearly rubber. When they swing the hey, swords around, they bend hey, like butter. Watch, <laughs> but they're talking about it. fencing. Have you never seen fencing swords? Yeah, yeah but fencing swords are tiny little thin swords. Yeah, These swords are not are tiny thin. little thin swords. Anyways, that epic moment when uh, they said that they practiced fencing a lot and then started fencing matter? and they're then still getting mad that they're fighting with fencing swords. They're not fencing swords, though. When he, uh, Mr. Montoya hands Wesley his sword so he can look at it, it's thick and it's very sturdy because he holds it and he, it has weight. It has physical weight to it. Oh, have you held it yourself? You know that it's heavy? Hmm. Interesting. Also, I've decided in a bold move that I've theorized that the grandpa is actually Wesley traveled through time <laughs> because he says as you wish and who else says as you wish? Oh shit. Wesley. No, okay. What one I, I, one more one more thing. No, you're not yes. allowed to stop is shitting that, on this movie. We already gave it a review. That's I fine. am it's going fine. to No, 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 no. I am going to bet that at the end of the movie when they ride away on horses into the sunset that Andre the Giant was replaced by a stunt <laughs> double because if they put a 520-pound man on that poor horse, Peta is going to have a field day. Or the speed. horse was a stunt double. Holy shit. The, the horse was actually <laughs> a an R-O-U-S w- with <laughs> a horse suit on. An H-O-U-S, <laughs> if you will. Horse of unusual Yes, yeah. You would need an H-O-U-S for Andre. Yeah, R.I.P. Andre. This is a great performance by him. Yeah. And uh, I also love that gif of him where he goes, whoa, whoa. You guys know the gif I'm talking no. about? No. Okay, I'll, p- I'll, I'll uh, show it to them after and then they'll understand. But you guys get it right now, so it's okay. And for those who don't know, fun fact, he's the face on the Obey logo. 
Oh, so so I can I can't talk about my show, but you can just drop no. factoids yeah. like that. that yeah, yeah. Really and on anything? Uh, yeah, and the obey font and the words come oh, from. Oh yeah, do they live? They live. Yeah, they live, and we'll be doing an episode on that as well. Yeah, eventually. You guys are making a lot of promises. Yeah, it's my show. I'll Better make, keep I'll, track. Hey, we're going to do a 20-bag scale next show. Yeah, it's Luke's world. We're just living in it. Like, who cares? Like, whatever Luke says goes. Like, don't say, don't mention your other show. Don't th- say how you feel. Don't don't disagree. Let me t- let me show you how to hold the mic, like, 14 times during yeah. the middle of the show. Yeah. No, it's good. No, it's great. I love feeling controlled when I just want to talk about movies uh, once a week. But it's cool. Uh, yeah, it's so yeah, it's fine. It's fresh. Yeah, you, yeah. I guess it's fresh. Yeah, yeah, fresh. Uh, so that's been Princess Bride. That's been Cult of Personality. Happy Valentine's Day to all the happy couples out there, and Happy Valentine's Day, I guess, to everybody else. Uh, no. You know what, M- You know what, Emma Watson has said that she's self-partnered. <laughs> now, what's that? <laughs> now, what does that mean exactly? We have our top cryptologist on. Don't pull that up. Don't pull that up. Don't. I mean it. Don't. Okay. That is it for today. Now, let's get a roll call here. I'm Matt. I'm Luke. I'm Caitlin. This has been Cult of Personality. You know what? We're going to put a poll up. Do you want Caitlin back on the show? If we don't, then... <laughs> I don't got the time for this. I, I have a life. I'm you sorry. Know, Caitlin has decided that uh, she's too good for the show. So actually, don't vote. Just uh, tell us the things that you don't want Caitlin to hear. Send it to my inbox. And then we'll... Yeah, we'll go from there. So Next week, Dawn of the Dead. Next week, Dawn of the Dead. Is it a little soon after we did Night of the Living Dead? Maybe. Yeah. Definitely, but you know what? We're going to do it. Well, you're going to do it anyways. We're going to do it anyways. We didn't pick one for the next show after that. You want to pick right now? Yeah, sure. Kaylin, pick one. Do I get any options or do I just get to... Just pick one. The world is your canvas. Uh, You guys are going to say no. But how about Mommy Dearest? I haven't seen that one. What is that? It's an old classic. Is that a... And I want to see it too so I can watch it with you. Mommy Dearest. Uh. It's a docudrama. It won the second Golden Raspberry for Worst Picture Ever. The film's bizarre script and highly charged acting, particularly on the part of Dunaway. Oh, Faye Dunaway. It was a commercial success. <laughs> now, we all know that means a lot. Am I right, Lucas? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? We could do Mommy Dearest. Okay, well, Luke's not really ready to commit right now. Why don't you just do Spinal Tap, then? No, I don't want to do Spinal Tap. We just did a Rob Reiner movie. We're going to do another one? I don't know. You guys are asking me way too many questions. And I'm, I'm Taiga not Mafia! Let's do Who Killed Captain Alex. Everybody in Uganda! <laughs> You know what? We're doing Who Killed Captain Alex? And we're going to buy a copy. Hell yeah. If they're, I think, I hope they're still up for sale. Who Killed Captain? You know what? I, you know what? I, I, I talked smack about Luke earlier for giving a preemptive 10. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Right now, Who Killed Captain Alex? I have a good feeling about one. That one. Like that. 
those are like big bags of popcorn. <laughs> those are big bags. <laughs> so get ready. Get ready. We have two heavy hitters coming up. We have two heavy hitters coming up. And every week on Call to Personality, you know where we are. Mondays in the morning at an unspecified time. We go live. We're on iTunes. We are on i. So if you look up Cult of Personality on iTunes, you can find our show. But if you look it up on Spotify, you can't. But if you look up Luke Newstetter on Spotify, you find it. Look up Luke Newstetter. I'm going to have to figure out why that is and fix that. Yeah, so we're on those. We're also on the UMFM website. Yeah. You can check that out. It's got the links. Can download them. There's Plus only like two it's, podcasts it's, it's, on UMFM. It's us and some hockey. If you show. search it up on Spotify, it pulls it up. If you just search up Cult of Personality, it doesn't on my phone. That is really oh. odd. Okay, never mind. So you can find us on Spotify, but if I do it, Cult of Personality. Oh, it's there now. Okay, Th- it wasn't working for days, and now it's working. Well, that's awesome. All right, never mind. We're all good. So we're on Apple Music and the other streaming service. Check us out. Yeah. Happy painting, God bless. We already did roll call, so I'm not doing it again. All right, well, take it easy. Uh, what what's my outro? Oh yeah, don't go see Rise of Skywalker.